0: so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hi everyone and welcome to a, another episode of Permission 2. Um, you can probably hear in my voice I'm a little bit excited because it's the first day that school's back so it's my first day of being fully in my business after six weeks of summer holidays and whilst it was lovely to have so much family time and quality time um, it just also feels so exciting to be back in my business um, yeah hey so let's dive into today's topic permission to say bye-bye to imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome is really at the heart of the problem that permission granted solves that sense of there being something wrong with you something that's not good enough uh, something about you um, you know that feels like a fraud or you know that you're going to be caught out Uh, that is a big part of what we work on in permission granted because obviously when you think that you want When you think that way about yourself you don't feel great and it's pretty hard to get what you want out of life when you're not feeling great Uh, so how do you know if you have imposter syndrome in essence imposter syndrome is a way of thinking about yourself uh, and it's the the sense that you'll be found out as a fake or a fraud or that you don't belong Um, So it can really create a sense of disconnection from others and a sense of not belonging and it can get in the way of you being seen of showing up imperfectly like feeling like you need to be perfect to show up can be a big part of imposter syndrome. Um, Obviously anyone who knows me knows that I believe that showing up imperfectly is better than not showing up at all. So if you were devaluing your worth, undermining your life experiences and what you have to offer and your expertise, uh, then it's likely you're experiencing imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome isn't something that can only impact on your career. It could be your business. It could be your creative pursuits. I've, I've worked with a lot of artists who have experienced imposter syndrome. Um, I've worked with CEOs of like, Big, big companies uh, who experience imposter syndrome and also mamas, like, you know, that sense of like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough. Uh, So imposter syndrome can kind of really show up in all areas of your life. Uh, And so if you have stories that all of your accomplishments might have been due to luck or chance um, or a fear of getting exposed as a fraud, um, maybe, you know, like when someone gives you a compliment or says, Um, you're great at something you might think oh if only they really knew the truth or something you know have some thoughts like that have a sense that you are not good enough or not enough that you think that you aren't as smart as others not as confident as others not as much of a leader as others Uh, if you're worried about making mistakes then you might be struggling with imposter syndrome and from my point of view imposter syndrome self-worth self-belief they all kind of intertwine Uh, The first thing to know about imposter syndrome, which I think just knowing this is a big part of the process of Learning to move through it is to know and accept that imposter syndrome just makes you human It's not proof that you don't belong in the in the arena Um, It's not proof that you're not enough or that you're not good enough Uh, It's just an experience that many many women in fact I'd say the majority of women can relate to so you need to separate the feelings and the thoughts from the facts and from your identity experiencing imposter syndrome doesn't actually make you an imposter thinking you are not good enough doesn't actually mean that you are not good enough thinking there is something wrong with you doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you this comes back to the core of mindset work which is about remembering that we don't always see ourselves or the world or others accurately and it's super important To understand and to remember and remind ourselves that many of our thoughts and beliefs are not actually ours we never chose them so you know in a nutshell many of our core beliefs are formed before the age of six and we learn from our environment we learn from our family from our parents from our peers Um, and at that age we don't have a filter so if someone teaches you something or tells you something that as an adult now, you wouldn't necessarily choose to believe or want to believe, as a child, you didn't always have that ability to filter it out. And so I think it is really important to remember that you know some of these beliefs that you may have developed and some of these thoughts that you've got about yourself we're never chosen by you. And then when we do this thought work as an adult is an opportunity to choose for ourselves. Like, how do I want to feel about myself? How do I want to think about myself? How do I want to speak to myself? You know, how do I want my, how do I want to respond to my inner critic? Um, and I also wanted to add that I think in my experience working with women for the last 15 years and, and more as a social worker, therapist, coach, coach, Um, yeah in all the different areas that I've worked with women what I have noticed is that experiencing imposter syndrome can make us feel disconnected from others because so often we put others on a pedestal and we see ourselves as being less than them then how can we connect with that person if we see them as a if we see them as being perfect or as a, a leader, and um, you know, and then we tell ourselves that we're not enough, that we're an imposter, then we're creating a wall um, between that person and ourselves. And so, imposter syndrome, I think, really impacts our relationships, our um, yeah, our business, our career, all of those things. And so, and this is because um, we've been taught in uh, and grown up in a system that encourages us to rank ourselves where we're you know we're being marked in uh, at school we're being um we're competing in in sport and you know there's nothing necessarily wrong with competition but we do get taught this ingrained like pattern of ranking oh well that person's better than me because they've got more instagram followers than me Or um, these are just random examples or because they earn six figures and I don't or because they're a manager in the in the job and I'm only this Um, and so we've kind of often got this pattern I don't know if you can relate to this but I, I know that I see this a lot in the women I support where we compare ourselves to others and we you know unconsciously out of our awareness are kind of ranking people and and putting ourselves at the bottom so Obviously, that's something that we want to try and break free from because like, I don't, I'm, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want that next generation of women, of girls to be um, like, yeah, comparing themselves so much to each other and ranking themselves. You know, it's, it's I really believe in like celebrating ourselves as a whole humans and um, acknowledging we all have different strengths and different weaknesses. Uh, but we're all equal, like it's not about one person being better than the other. Um, and I think that's so obvious in some ways. But I did want to point out that like on a subconscious level, a lot of women do do that, like rank themselves amongst other people. So when we think about where these thought patterns do come from. A lot of it is that internalized conditioning that I was just touching on. Our brains tell us these things that are wrong with us and, uh, and then we believe them. But really our brain has just started this pattern through social conditioning, through our childhood, through early experiences. So like maybe you were told that you need to be the best or you need to be perfect. Um, or this is an example that a lot of my clients share with me. They, they felt like in a more subtle way that their parents only really witnessed them or saw them or noticed them when they were achieving. So you bring home a maths test and you get an A and your parents really delight in you and are, are excited um, about maybe you don't feel like in other areas of your life or just when you're just being you that your parents know were delighted delighted in you and witnessed you Uh, and so then we can internalize that as oh well i have to be the best or i have to be perfect uh, or i'm not good enough Uh, maybe you're exposed to others talking critically about uh themselves and you observe absorb this so perhaps if you had a parent, or a caregiver, or an older sibling who was really, really critical and hard on themselves. Sometimes we can then start to absorb that and internalize that, and, and start to to repeat those patterns. Um, it might be like you know, sometimes we have just like such nurturing, nourishing parents who actually you know were really, really um, giving us so much beautiful feedback about us, and really witnessing us and celebrating us. But maybe, you know, we were influenced by the media, by magazines, by schools, by society in general. There's still so much of that um, toxic positivity and resilience messaging. And, you know, you've got to be the best kind of messaging out there in the world. You've got to be perfect. Uh, So, yeah, we can internalize it from all those different places. And whilst it's important to acknowledge that these patterns are not our own, it's also important to allow us to create distance from our thoughts and put us in the observer mode because when these thoughts are on autopilot we don't realize they're happening so you might there might be a job that you see as your dream job or you might want to launch something in your business or start your business or I don't know you might want to have like a really uh like a brave conversation with a friend but um the, you've got these thoughts running in the background out of your awareness or I'm not good enough to do that. You know, they're just going to find out that I'm actually not a great communicator or like, you know, I'm not suited for this role. And if you've got those thoughts running and they're out of your awareness, then that is really going to affect how you show up in the world and how, yeah, what what opportunities you take, how willing you are to, to risk, um, you know, going for what you really want. And so being an observer mode allows you to pay attention to these thought patterns and to recognize that, hey, part of these, this isn't me. This is from my childhood. This is the conditioning that I have been exposed to in the society that I live in right now. And so I think that is just such an important thing to remember, to always keep coming back to being an observer and being in the observer role. So, how do we actually move through imposter syndrome? I just want to normalize, like, as a coach, as a therapist, as a a business owner, uh, and a mama. I still experience imposter syndrome sometimes. I just want to normalize that and say, but it doesn't. I've learned to move through it so that I still show up, so I still take the risk, so I still take the leap, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about. So. When we have these thoughts and they've been ingrained in our minds for a long time, we it's not always possible to stop them, Um, but we can change how we relate to them. We can change how we respond to them. So, firstly, understanding and accepting that imposter syndrome just makes you human. As I shared, um, I experience it. I have CEOs who experience it. Um, There are there are so many people in the world who you would be looking up to who think, oh, they would surely they would never experience imposter syndrome, but. I can tell you that they do so just remembering that it's not proof that you don't belong in the arena or that you are not good enough it's just an experience that the majority of women can relate to so remembering to separate the feelings from the thought the facts and the experience of imposter syndrome from reality then the next step is to look for evidence that supports the opposite that you are enough that you do belong that you're not an imposter So some questions that might help you with this. What are your strengths and positive qualities? What makes you enough? What are your accomplishments? What do you wish you believed around yourself? And so, and if you get stuck on those, the other way to do it is to choose one thought that you have about imposter syndrome. So perhaps you have a thought like, I'm not leadership material. Let's just say you have that thought. Uh, then you could think, what is the opposite of that? Like, what is the opposite thought of that? And then because our brains will often have quite a strong resistance to thinking, if it can feel too uh, like fakely positive, your brain won't necessarily believe it. So if you, if your um, imposter syndrome thought is, I am not a leader, like I I don't have the skills to lead. The opposite might be, you know, I was born to be a leader. I'm the best leader in the world. I don't know, something like that. What you would look at then is find the middle ground. So, and that's where you look for the growth opportunities. Uh, So maybe it's something like, I don't feel ready to be a leader yet. But that doesn't mean that I I don't have it in me to be a leader. Actually, every day I'm getting closer and closer to being the leader that I want to become. And so you you try and find what we call a balanced middle ground thought. Um, And this is an evidence-based tool, right? Instead of just going straight to the positive, try and find a balanced alternative thought and and listen to that thought. You can say it out loud, you can read it. Um, How does it feel in your body? How does it make you feel? What actions would you take if you believe that thought? Because that's really important. And now, if you have a lot of resistance to changing your thoughts, is there a thought you can choose that would feel even 1% better? You know, and, and this is where I find sometimes if you're having trouble thinking about thoughts that are, Um, balanced or true the other thing you could do is well what's a kind of thought that I could think to myself like if my friend said to me oh I'm never going to be a leader even though you know this job is my dream job I just not good enough like how would you respond to that because that can help you tap into a more compassionate thought Um, and the other is to think about well what's a more helpful thought so this thought what's my goal here if my goal is to get my dream job and then this thought is stopping me From acting on it what would be a more helpful way to look at this you know um so that that's some ways that you can do some thought work around that um and yeah it's really important that you keep like if you think about your brain your brain needs repetition to change so you created the old thought patterns over many many years right since you were very young and so now if we want to create the new patterns Uh, We need to make sure that we have ways to practice them every day. So that might be when I'm trying to work on a new thought pattern. I often write it at the top of my diary for the day. Like I'll still do my to-do list and all of that. But then I'll I'll focus on the thoughts that I really want to be thinking today. Um, uh, Some people put alarms on their phones, uh, post-it notes, um, messages on the mirror. There's so many different creative ways that you could do that. Um, but make sure that you don't just do the work and then forget about it. You have to kind of actively do it every day. And then fake it until you become it. Uh, if anyone hasn't watched Amy Cuddy's TED Talk um, on imposter syndrome, I highly recommend it. Um, but this isn't actually about faking it. I know a lot of people hate that saying, like fake it till you make it or fake it till you become it. Um, I would say it's not actually about faking it. It's about learning to be the leader of your own life instead of letting old thoughts and patterns be the boss. Um, Because when we take action, we change our neural pathways and we start to believe that we are enough and that we do belong. So the more you keep showing up, the more you'll move through imposter syndrome. Um, And this is something that I wanted to talk about a little bit more deeply because it's something that people get tripped up on a lot it's like this idea that well i can't go for that job until i believe in myself or until i start having more positive thoughts i you know i'm not gonna you know take that action or do this step because um, a lot of people think, well, I have to change my thoughts before I take the action. But actually when you take the action, you are creating new experiences uh, in your body. You are creating new evidence for your mind. And so you're actually changing your neural pathways through taking the action as well. And by the way, that's not saying like, I'm not one who believes in like, magical thinking. Like if I think I get the job that I'm going to get the job. Um, I know there are a lot of coaches that will say that, um, you know, what, whatever you think will 100% come true. I believe that it's a little bit more nuanced than that. We don't have 100% control over our lives. Absolutely. How we think is really, really important and will influence how we show up in the world. Um, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not a magical process like that. And, and so I did want to speak to like, let's say that you've got imposter syndrome about a leadership role at work and, um, you do this work, you go through this process that I've shown you, and then you decide, okay, I am going to apply for that job. Even if you don't get the job, you will have had evidence that you were brave enough to go for the job. You will have had some feedback hopefully about how you went, um, in the interview uh, you will start to notice, Hey, actually I believed in myself that I was enough for that job. And that will help you to keep going to keep trying again. Cause obviously we don't always get the first job that we go for. Um, and I have had people message me going, Oh my gosh, Sam, like, you know, from your masterclass, um, I decided to go for the job i didn't get it but i feel so much better about myself so i just wanted to speak to that that um when you're working on imposter syndrome it's not like you're always going to get the outcome you want straight away but it's about trusting the process and keeping on trying knowing that the actions that you're taking are telling yourself hey i am enough i am, i'm not an imposter i do believe in myself So that's they're the kind of three steps that I recommend to move through imposter syndrome. But just remembering that you are if you experience human um, imposter syndrome, you're not alone. You are human. There are so many incredible women doing incredible things who still experience imposter syndrome. They have just learned to lead themselves through it. Um, And I hope that this episode has supported you to know how to lead yourself through it as well. Uh, Now, in all honesty, uh, the steps that I've described to you. They are things that you can find in books, podcasts, online articles. In fact, you've probably heard them or read them before in some in some way, shape or form. Um, the reality is that for many of us, we don't necessarily need more information. We need accountability and we need human relationships to be able to make changes because change in isolation can be challenging. The power of a conversation of having a coach ask you those interesting, sometimes difficult questions, uh, a coach that actually gets to know you and understands who you are as a human and your unique experiences in the world. That is the kind of experience that I think is more likely to help you move through imposter syndrome than necessarily just reading books and listening to podcasts. So if you really want to soften into your relationship with yourself instead of struggling against yourself and really start leading yourself um into taking claiming your place in the arena, whether that's being a leader, whether that's you know leading in business, um in your home as a mum, whatever area of it is your life that you want to grow and lead in, um, then permission granted is for you. Uh, doors are about to open. At the moment, I've got a really special offer for anyone who is on the wait list. So check out all the details below. Uh, It's a really intimate experience with 20 women max. So I really love to get to know people before they decide to join. So if you'd like to send me a message or an email, I'd be really, really happy to chat through with you. But in essence, it's uh, six months of group coaching and sisterhood, Um, I'm the coach for the whole six months. Um, we meet monthly for circles where I explore different themes and then monthly for group coaching calls. So you actually have an opportunity to be coached by me every fortnight. Uh, and yeah, it's a really, really powerful experience. Something about witnessing other women as they move through their own imposter syndrome, as they, um, learn to really take their power back and get their voice uh claim their voice and start setting boundaries and all of that work that so many of us desire uh it's just so powerful to do it amongst a sisterhood of women and to feel like deeply supported by others so yeah if that is something that you have an interest uh in i would love to support you and look forward to hearing from you uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, the next episode will be out next week and until then have a beautiful week